Aren't you glad you're a child of God? Amen. Amen. Blood bought, blood washed. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We honor you. We magnify your name. We thank you that we are children of the Most High God. We thank you that you have claimed us and named us, that you have washed us and you have bestowed upon us a blessing of being your children. We ask right now that you would just lead us and guide us into your perfect will, that you would touch and draw, that you would open up our hearts and give us wisdom and understanding by your Spirit like never before. We pray for those who are not here this morning because uh, they're dealing with situations and circumstances of life. Some are uh, being afflicted in body. Some are being afflicted in mind. Uh, There's many mountains that the enemy has tried to raise up and situations that seem to be by the wayside that he's trying to resurrect, to hurt and to hinder. And Lord, we just ask for a special anointing to go out to each person, Lord, and draw them into a place and a position by the Spirit of unity where they can hear what you're saying this morning and your perfect will can be done. Lord, we thank you ahead of time for what's going to happen. We trust you. We yield to you. We honor you. And we praise your holy name. We ask these things in the mighty name of Jesus. And we all say, Amen Amen and Amen. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible tells us to bear one another's burdens. And it says, rejoice with those who rejoice. It says, weep with those who are weeping. And so, uh, there's a lot of things that's happening within the whole body of Christ. But within this particular group of people, there's a lot of things that's happening. And uh, Don and I, we were up most of the night. And uh, praying, and and uh, and as, as she uh, was moved by the Spirit to pray a certain thing, then the Lord gave me the interpretation. And the interpretation was that there's many mountains that the enemy is uh, bringing before uh, people that you and I love and that we know hard. And they're in there, and those mountains are there to bring. Uh, a blockage of God's will, of God's plan. And so uh, the, the Spirit of the Lord said, I want you to go back to the foundation and uh, teach my people words that will bring faith. And uh, the, show them, remind them of their ability to be able to speak to all mountains uh, in my name, by my word, and, and see those mountains removed. And so... Uh, we're going to do our best just to follow the leadership of the Lord this morning and do that. So if you would, open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. And let's, uh, let's just follow the Spirit of the Lord. And uh, be sure and be, have your heart on the Lord to see what God, how He would have you to respond, how you can help someone from what you hear this morning by the Spirit if you're not in need of help yourself. In uh, Matthew chapter 17, let's start, let's start in verse number 14. If you're there, say amen. Matthew 17 and 14. And when they were come, this is Jesus and uh, Peter, James, and John off the mountain. And when they were come to the multitude, uh, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him, kneeling down to Jesus, saying... Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic, he is moonstruck, and sore vexed. For oftentimes he falleth into the fire, and oftentimes into the water. The spirit of, uh, of suicide involved in this was as well. Verse 16, And I brought him to thy disciples, the other nine, 
and they could not cure him. Verse 17. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How, sh how long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could we not cast him out? Jesus had gave them power and authority to do so, and they'd been successful in that in the past. Verse number 20. And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Mark that down in your mind's eye, write it on the table of your heart, You shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall, it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Say nothing. Nothing shall be, because you believe. Amen. Verse number 21. Howbeit this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Uh, Brother Duckett, would you pray? Yes. Amen and amen. Thank you for honoring the word. Thank you, Brother Duckett. Hallelujah. So th this morning, I, I want us to remind ourselves uh, about mountains all through the word of God, how uh, important they are. Uh, now, to set the foundation, you know, we don't have time to do that uh, in context, but Jesus had went up into a mountain apart, as you, as, as you look in the first verse of this chapter, and he took Peter, James, and John with him, and uh, it's called the Mount of Transfiguration, and, and, and on this uh, very mountain was a revelation uh, that Jesus, that he fulfilled the law and the prophets. Uh, remember, Moses and Elijah met with him, and and as he met with him, uh, Jesus was transformed, and and the the reality of him being God's son, and then God overshadows them, and he speaks out of the cloud. He said, "This is my son, in whom I'm well pleased." He said, "Hear ye him." And so, Jesus uh, is bringing the revelation that. He's everything that we need. He is the fullness of the word. And so he fulfilled uh, the, the law and the prophets, everything that had been testified about him. And, and, and so as he comes off the mountain then, uh, he meets a mountain in a man's son's life. And, and that's very prophetic. That's to show you and I that uh, Jesus is on the throne. The Bible says in Hebrews 7.25 that Jesus is on the right hand of the Father and that He ever liveth to make intercession for us. So uh, he's, he's prayed for you and I this morning and He's met every mountain. And, and He wants us to be in the place and the position that we look at how He... Uh, speaks to mountains, how he uses the word to change situations and circumstances, and he gives us the examples, and as long as we work within that parameter, uh, that parameter of, of his example, we're going to have success, amen? Yes. And so, let's remember Moses went up on the mountain and he met with God, and while he was with God, uh, the children rose up to play, the Bible says. And when Moses come off the mountain, uh, he had to cover his face because his face shone with a cloth. And 
Uh, but here, the reality that Jesus, everything about him shone in fullness because he uh, was that fulfillment. So I want you to hold that in your heart and, and, and think about all the examples that the Spirit of God may bring to your mind. And let's go through the Gospel of Matthew here and let's see... Uh, the mountaintop experience with Jesus to be able to remove mountains out of his children's life. Let's go back to uh, Matthew chapter 4. And uh, once again, we're just going to have to hit the high points. But in Matthew chapter 4, you've got Jesus meeting the devil. And he goes through the, trip, the three temptations and comes through with them very powerfully and successfully. But I want to look at verse number 8. In this particular temptation, Matthew 4 and 8, it says, Again, the devil taketh him, taketh Jesus, up into an exceedingly high mountain. Now mark that down in your mind. An exceedingly high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them. He says in verse number 9, And he saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. So we understand that, that the devil will do anything and everything he can to be able to take the worship away from God. And, and so one of the ways that he does that, he puts mountains in people's lives that hinders them to be able to give worship back to the one who created them. Worship back to the one who has a destiny uh, for their lives. And, and so uh, Jesus, he went to this place of temptation. He went to the this exceedingly high mountain and he was able to stand strong by the word of God. So this morning, you and I, we want to be able to stand strong by the word of God and we want to be able to speak out of our own mouths the words of deliverance, the songs of deliverance uh, for our own lives, but we want to be able to speak it for others who can't speak for themselves. And we want to be able to inspire them and point them in the direction of victory. So this morning, Jesus has went to the highest mountain there is against the enemy for you and I. And so as he goes to this mountain and he defeats the devil, all of a sudden then, look at chapter 5, verse number 1. He goes to the mountain of God and it says, And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, your Lord, my Lord, our Savior, and he was set, and his disciples came unto him. So Jesus met the devil uh, in his exceedingly high mountain. And now he's in a place and a position where Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, he's able to preach the greatest message, teach the greatest teaching that's ever been taught. See, you, the devil that is coming against uh, God's children in His mountain, if we'll hold on to the relationship with God through Jesus, if we will hear the Word and if we'll speak that Word, all of a sudden, it's going to give us an audience. In other words, everything you're going through, it's going to be an opportunity for God to teach out of your life, out of your situation, victory. Amen? Deliverance. And so that's what Jesus does. For three chapters there, He, he, he teaches this great Word because... Uh, uh, he's in the place of uh, having the devil in subjection to him. This morning, I want you to know through Jesus, out of his mouth, Luke ten nineteen, the devils are subject unto you through the name of Jesus. They do not have victory over you. You are in the place of a power and authority. You have exousia. You have all authority uh, in your uh, sphere of life, in your ministry that Jesus has gave unto you. Amen? And so we've got to be in that place where we recognize who we are. We recognize where the devil truly is, not what it feels like, not what it looks like. 
And, and, and we've got to be mountain movers. Amen. That's what we've got to be. God is looking for His children and He's calling us into this uh, last day harvest. He's call, calling us into this ministry of reconciliation, Second Corinthians chapter 5, to move mountains. Move mountains that would keep people from seeing the salvation that Jesus has. Now, let, let's go to chapter 8. Look at Matthew 8, verse number 1. Now, this is after Jesus preaches the great message. Uh, and it says... In verse number 1, Matthew 8 and 1. When he was come down from the mountain. So he met the devil in the exceeding high mountain. He, he won the victory in the temptation. He taught the people. Now he comes down from the mountain. And great multitudes follow him. So you and I, we've got to see that we're in a place and a position where we're going to always meet the devil in his mountain. But we're going to always come against the devil by the mountain of the Lord. And, and when we walk in the, the relationship of who we are and where we're truly seated, Ephesians 2, 6, in heavenly places, and we operate from the heavenly aspect, uh, we're able to come down to where people are struggling. This morning, there's some people who are struggling. There's some people who are hurting. They're in a, in a situation where the devil is trying to sift them as wheat. But you and I are being like Jesus. We're being led by the Spirit to pray for them, to intercede for them. We're in the place and the position where we're, we're while they're weak uh, in a situation, we're going to be strong and we're going to help hold them up. You are pillars in the Most High God. Amen? You are uh, have a destiny and, and you've been ordained to carry some things. And so this morning it, it says that when he come down, it said that the great multitudes followed him. Now notice, all of a sudden, you know the, 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 the great story in chapter 8. Jesus reveals himself according to Isaiah 53. He reveals himself that he is the deliverer. He is the healer. And so he heals the leopard. He heals the centurion's, uh, 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 um, Peter's mother-in-law. And he heals... Uh, uh, the centurion servant, all of these things in this eighth chapter, but it was because he was able to meet the mountain. And so there is no mountain that the devil can put in your life, he can put in my life, that is working in our brother and sister's life this morning that Jesus Christ has not already identified Amen. and he's brought it to naught. Amen. So we've got to let... Mm, We've got to let the Spirit of God identify some things in our life uh, that the enemy may be trying to mountainize, and we need to move it. We need to move it by the Word of God. Amen? We need to trust in Him. All right. So, uh, as you look at the power of Jesus here, we don't have time. i got at the high points. Go to chapter 14. In Matthew chapter 14, you've you got... Uh, uh, so much happening in the ministry of Jesus. But for sake of time, drop down to verse uh, 21. Matthew 14, 21. And when they had eaten, there were about 5,000 men besides women and children. Jesus just got through uh, feeding the multitudes. Now look what happens. Verse 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Verse 23, And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. So, uh, this morning I want you to see uh, th that Jesus is always working for every person. 
Uh, he, he doesn't leave anyone out. And so uh, as they fed the 5,000 men, uh, you know, probably 20,000 altogether, the, the men, women, and children. And, and then Jesus is in a place where he's got to fulfill uh, in his ministry what he's doing this morning, as I alluded to. A while ago, Hebrews 7, 25, he gets along with God to pray. And, and he sends the disciples on a mission. He tells them, I want you to go. And so this morning, you and I, every one of us, we're going. We're, we're going somewhere, so we're on a mission. But while we're on this mission this morning, Jesus is praying for us. But while we're on this mission, the devil knows that when we get to where God wants us to be, there's going to be somebody that's going to be touched. And they're going to be touched by the hand of God. And they're going to find salvation. They're going to find deliverance. They're going to find healing. They're going to find victory. They're going to find all the things that Jesus uh, has promised us in this word. Amen. And so the devil is going to do anything and everything he can to try to, to stop that. And... I, I want you to hold on to that reality. And notice what it says, verse 24. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, and the winds were contrary. Uh, uh, th- th- this word tossed in the sea, it means to torture. It means to torment. How many knows the Bible says the devil is a tormentor, right? And, and, and so... Uh, Specifically, Brother Corey, I believe, was led by the Spirit of God this morning. And there's somebody under the sound of my voice that needs to hear this. One of the things that brings torment is when we choose not to forgive. And so, uh, you know, I say that because you and I, we know this is going out over the Internet. This, is, this, is, this will be on the website. So there will be many different people that will hear this. And so it's, it's very important uh, that you and I are in the place and the position that if we're being tormented in some way, we need to come back and let the Spirit of God check our heart and to make sure that we're operating in forgiveness. Amen. Uh, I know that there's been areas in my life that I didn't even realize, I didn't understand that I hadn't gave forgiveness. You know, I thought I had. I thought I was walking uh, in a place of, uh, of victory and success in a certain area. And until the Lord really showed me the truth, I didn't recognize it. So this is how good our God is. Amen. He's a God that always wants his best for us. All right. So they're in a place of torment. And it says, uh, verse 25, And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. Aren't you glad the thing... See, now remember it says they were tormented in the sea. They were being moved around in the sea. Now, Revelation seventeen fifteen tells us the sea is the people. So I recognize this is a real little literal sea, but it's a type for teaching. You and I, we wouldn't have trouble if it wasn't for people around us. I'm sorry, the devil uses people around you and I to hurt us and to harm us because we're destined to influence them. We're destined to love them into the kingdom. And the devil doesn't want us to do that, so he's going to do anything and everything he can to try to keep us in ought, keep us in in division. And so I want you to see that this morning, if there's some situation in your life that you're struggling with, I want you to see by the eyes of the Spirit, the Lord Jesus Christ walking on that. Now, what does that mean? That means that the problem, the trouble, is below His feet. It's under Him. Well, you and I, we are in Him. He is the head of the church. And we are the many-membered body. Amen? So if it's under His feet, it's under... Woo! Glory. So you have success this morning. You have victory this morning. You have an assurance this morning. And so we need to see all problems, all mountains, that they are under the feet of Jesus. And that will help us to refocus some things. 
Verse 26. And when the disciples saw him, saw Jesus walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. Another sermon for another time. Verse 27. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. In other words, have comfort, have courage. It is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it if it be thou, bid me that thou uh, bid me come unto thee on the water. So all of a sudden here, Peter, uh, being the type of personality he was, he sees Jesus and he sees him walking on the water. And all of a sudden, uh, as according to Matthew 16 and the, the, the founding of the church and, and uh, the, the, the use of Peter uh, with the, the foundation in the Jewish and the Gentile part of the church, all of these things, we see him uh, having this prominent role. And so all of a sudden he sees Jesus and he knows uh, in his own life all the problems and the struggles he has, if you will. And he says, Lord, if you can walk on the water and that's you, show me I can do it. So this morning now, I want you to think about it. The, the, the things that you're dealing with, the mountain that might be trying to exalt itself in your life, uh, as, as hard as it might be, as the struggle might be so strong, I want you to think about how much God loves you. See, sometimes God lets you, lets me, lets His children go through things where we will call out to Him. Where we will learn to trust Him and we will learn to walk on those things that will want to walk on us. Amen? So, if Jesus hadn't sent them on the way, say, I'm sent this morning. They would have never been in this position. If He had not stayed behind and prayed, they would not have success. See, sometimes when we think the Lord has left us, that's when He's with us in the strongest way because He's actually praying and speaking His Word over our lives. Amen? So all of a sudden, this mountain, so to speak, that looks like this storm that's going to overwhelm them, it's going to build all the disciples' faith, but it's going to enable Peter uh, to be able to do something that no other man besides Jesus had ever done. You can do what Jesus did. Right? Jesus said, the works that I do, you can do. And... Greater and more. Amen. That's your God. So God wants you to be in this place, in this position where you you trust Him. Uh, Verse 29. And He said, Jesus just says one word, come. You know, we're looking for a, a lot of times we're looking for a sermon from the Lord. And He just wants to give us one word. Because one word of His will build faith and loose faith in your life and my life that will make the impossible possible. The Bible says out of the mouth of Jesus in that great sermon on the mount, he said, don't be known for your much speaking. See, Jesus can say he can cut through all the nonsense and he can get the one word to you and I this morning that's going to release our faith for us to be able to walk on the thing that is tormenting us, the thing that is hurting us. He said, come. And Peter was come down out of the ship and he walked on the water to go to Jesus. You and I, we got to know where we're going. As long as we know that we're going to Jesus, all is well. Amen. Everything's going to be fine. So the 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 the, the point of the of the storm was to keep them from being able to come to Jesus because Jesus uh, he never sends you to a place that he is not prepared ahead of time. 
In other words, you, you, you're, you're meeting uh, a situation where the devil doesn't want you to go to someone uh, uh, in, in a situation. Jesus has done been there. He's done touched their heart. He, he's prepared the way for you and I to be successful in this ministry, uh, in, in ministering the word of truth. Verse number 30. Uh, but when he saw, when Peter saw the wind bolsterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. Now, I don't know about you, but I've stepped on the water a lot of times, and I never begin to sink. I sank immediately, didn't you? So we see what faith does. Uh, faith gives us the ability to step on the elements, and then according to how the faith is working and what is happening to what we're seeing and what we're looking at, uh, we can move up and down. We can we can go in different uh, um Degrees, if you would, because, you know, Jesus talks about, uh, you know, little faith, great faith, you know, and, and he tells the church, Paul does in Second Thessalonians, uh, he said, your faith groweth exceedingly, and that's what we want, right? We want this exceeding growing faith. And so uh, he said, Lord, save me, verse 31. And after Peter had drowned, And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and called him and said unto him. Now I want you to, you, you may not agree with this and that's okay. But I want you to think outside the box just for a little bit and forget every sermon you've ever heard. And just ask the Spirit of God to speak this into your heart this morning. Listen to the words of Jesus and, and, and see what bears witness in your spirit. Notice this. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and called him. He called Peter, and he said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Now, I want you to be excited this morning. Jesus just gave us a great word of understanding right here. He told Peter that Peter had a little bit of faith, and a little bit of faith enabled him to walk on the torment. See, we were looking, oh God, if I just had great faith, if I just had bigger faith, if I just had more. You know how many times I've heard that? The doubt got into the little bit of faith. And when the doubt got into the little bit of faith, that's when he started to sink. So you and I, we've got to know that Romans 12, 3, the Bible says that God, uh, by the Spirit, has dealt to the believer the measure of faith faith. But see, I have to go ahead and fulfill the previous verses in Romans 12, 1 and 2. I have to learn how to worship God and I have to learn how to renew my mind to that truth to be able to operate in the measure of faith. And so here Peter is. He's got a little bit of faith, but that little bit of faith, it was pure. It, it was, it was uh, without uh, anything that would hurt it. And he's walking on the water. And then all of a sudden, he looks and he sees the storm. He hears uh, the, the, the torment again. Now, this is important. He hears what the sea is saying. And when he hears what the sea is saying, it gets his mind. It gets his heart. It gets this process of, uh, of being renewed off of the Lord. And he begins to sink. And so that's what the devil is doing. There's some situation this morning. There's some people that you and I are praying for. 
And they're dealing with some hurt and some heartache. And they get a little note of victory. And they get a song in their spirit. And they get a a, a, a glimmer in their heart of uh, if it's going to be alright. And then here comes the very sounds and the winds uh, of the tormenting sea. And it starts coming up over their life. And they think they're going to sink. And this morning I have a word for them. I have a, I have a prayer for them. I have, a, I have a, a, a firm foundation of faith that all is going to be well. Amen. You and I have got to stand strong for them. We've got to pray the prayer of faith for them. And we've got to speak to these winds. And, and, and the thing that is creating doubt, we've got to help them to refocus on Jesus. Because if they'll focus on Jesus, the mountain is moving. Amen. The water is going to be there. It's going to be solid because I'm not standing on the water. I'm standing on the Word. You're not standing on the water. You're standing on the Word. Amen. The Word of God will never let you down. It's a solid, firm foundation. And you can can walk where nobody else can walk. I'm talking about in the world. Amen. Okay. We got to go. So you, you look at this. Go with me to the 15th chapter. Now, in the 15th chapter, Jesus, he's on a mission. He's going somewhere. And, and as he's going on his way, I'm just going to throw this in as a side note. The Syrophoenician woman, she comes to Jesus. She's a Gentile. She has no part in the covenant of God at this moment of time because Jesus hadn't went to the cross yet. But she has a need. And if she has that need, she tells Jesus, Hey, I, I want you to, to heal my daughter. I want you to deliver her. And Jesus said, It's not meat for me to give the children's bread to you at this time. It's not that time. But she said, Lord... Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall off the table. And Jesus talks about, he said, woman, great is your faith. See, there are people's got faith that you and I ain't even ever seen before. Amen. Amen. And so the, 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 her daughter was delivered. But I said that to, to, so you could get the connotation of where we're coming to. Verse 29, Matthew 15, 29. Jesus left... That situation. And he departed from thence. And he came nigh into the Sea of Galilee. And he went up into a another mountain. He went up into a mountain. And he uh, sat down there. Verse 30. And great multitudes came unto him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet. And he prayed for them. No mountain too big. No mountain too big for Jesus. Because Jesus went into the exceeding high mountain. He met the devil. He defeated him. Uh, Colossians chapter 2. Jesus made an open show publicly of the devil. He stripped him. He spoiled him. The devil has nothing. Jesus has it all. Amen. And so he's in that place, in that position. He He's always looking to meet needs of people, of his children. And so he sits down here with them. And as, as these mountains are brought to him, every one of them was healed. So whatever you're dealing with this morning, whatever mountain might be trying to uh, shadow, block, interfere, hinder you and I from seeing the Lord Jesus Christ, it has to bow. 
Come on, in the name of Jesus, we speak to all mountains and we command them to bow. Amen? We command them to, to, to be dissolved under the feet of Jesus. Now notice... Uh, Verse 31, insomuch that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to be whole, and the lame to walk, and the blind to see, and they glorified the God of Israel. Come on, God wants to be glorified in the earth. Well, the way he's glorified is when you and I do the works that Jesus did, when we speak the name of Jesus, when, when the mountains fall. And so he's done fed the 5,000. He's fixing to feed the 4,000. That's another story for another time. I wish we had time. Go over to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. Now, this is where you and I need to be very excited this morning. Because I know that uh, in my spirit that you and I have been believing for a lot of people who are under the stronghold of the devil. We're believing them for to be saved, or we're believing them to be delivered, to be made whole, and to come out of darkness and to come into the light. And so I want you to see that that mountain that is keeping them from being saved, Jesus is on top of it. Amen? Amen. All right. In uh, Matthew chapter 18, look at verse number 11. For the Son of Man is come to what? To save that which was lost. That's Jesus' mission. And so this morning, under the sound of our voice, uh, there's many people who have lost loved ones. They have situations. There's families that are struggling with, with, with loss of life, with loss of relationships, with... With with, uh, with with loss of, uh, of financial well-being and, and, and many things that's happening. And I want you to know that Jesus is the answer to all of those situations. Amen? Now notice what happens. Verse number 12. Jesus said, How thank you if a man have a hundred sheep and one of them be gone astray, mark it down, just one, doeth he not leave the ninety and nine and he goeth into what? Jesus said, he goes into the mountains and he seeketh that which is gone astray. So, uh, I feel like the Spirit of the Lord is wanting to talk to somebody this morning. Uh, you've almost gave up on somebody because they have, you, the devil has convinced you that they made the choice to go astray. And because they made that choice, there's nothing God can do. The Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. And, and, and so Jesus is given an example here. He said, even if that one sheep uh, makes bad decision and, and, and chooses to go astray, he said, I want you to know that I am going to be even better than mankind. I'm going to go where needs to be gone and, and to meet the need. Jesus said, I will go to the mountain. So this morning, there is an amount of addiction that is working in somebody's life. There's an amount of unforgiveness. There is a mountain of hurt. There is a mountain of despair. There is a mountain of sickness. That, you know, we could name all of these different things, but it doesn't matter what that mountain is that it caused somebody to, to pull astray from their family, to pull astray from God. Jesus is coming this morning to seek and to save that which is lost. By the anointing of the Holy Ghost, Jesus is going to go into lives. He's going to go into situations. He's going to walk on top of them. And He's going to show that He's the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Amen? I believe it, don't you? I trust Him. He's the only one that can. Now notice this. He goeth into the mountains, and He seeketh that which is going astray. Uh, 
Now, it says in verse 13, And if so be that he find it, verily I send you, he rejoiceth more of that sheep than of the ninety-nine that went not astray. Why? Because God, through Jesus, is a deliverer. He's a restorer. God wants to restore things. And so this morning, I want you to believe that he's he's going to where the need is. Now, let's look at an example uh, that will that will help us. Go with me to Mark chapter five, and let's see Jesus go to a mountain and bring complete deliverance. He can do it. Amen. Amen. All right, Mark chapter five. Let me read. Verse number five first, okay? Now this is the what they call the madman of Gadara. Uh, and you and I today, we call him a missionary, amen? He's no longer a madman. He's a missionary for the Lord. But look what it says in verse number five. Mark five and five. This man was always, always, mark it down, night and day, he was in the mountains. Come on, the devil had a mountain in his life. This man, he was deceived by a spirit, by the, by the devil himself. He was in a place where he was hurt. He needed help. He needed deliverance. He needed victory. He needed something that only Jesus could do. Amen? And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and he was in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. I would say that would be torment, wouldn't you? Now... Uh, there is nothing worse where you're in so much torment physically, um, pardon me, emotionally, that the only way that you can get relief is through something physically. And I think everyone here, you know what I'm talking about. You've, you, you, you've either ministered to someone in that situation or you've experienced it in, in some form or fashion in your own life. Uh, you, you, you know, you, you've got to do something to get some relief. I, I've, I've ministered to... Uh, someone who, the only way they could get relief, they had to cut themselves. That, that's what this man did. Uh, I mean, the devil has no new tricks. Uh, we're not seeing new things taking place. They're in the Bible for us. We just need to become a, a, aware of them. And so uh, this person was under so much mental anguish that the only way they could get relief was to shed their own blood. And, and because that's a form of the devil getting um, uh, a type of worship. But that's another study for another time. But I want you to see, this man was in this mountain. But because Jesus had done meant to the exceedingly high mountain, anything that the devil could do, Jesus has the answer. He has the victory this morning. Now let's jump back to verse number 1. Now, notice it says, And when they came on the other side of the sea unto the country of the Gadarenes. Now, we don't have time to look at it. You look at it in the closing verses of chapter 4, because really, in, in the original, this is not divided. This is one full thought. They had to get across the sea, but the devil done everything he could to keep them from coming to this man. He tried to sink the ship, right? And so, in your life this morning, when you try to minister to people, and you try to, to meet them where they're at, the devil's going to come against you. Don't let... Uh, him tell you that God doesn't love you. Don't let him tell you that God's gave up on you. Don't let him tell you that, that God's left you because you're going through things. I'm telling you, the more I go through things, the more you go through things, the more that we understand that we're being effective in our ministry. The more that we're in a place of success, the more that we're helping uh, God's children. So, uh, 
you, you look at that. Jesus spoke to the storm. Amen. He spoke to that mountain. And so you can do the very same thing. Mark 5 and 2. And when he was come out of the ship, when Jesus was come out of the ship, immediately there met him a man out of the tombs with an unclean spirit. So what was this mountain? This mountain that, that was in this man's life was uh, a, an evil spirit. And he was surrounded by the working of tombs. There was a mountain of death. In other words, uh, he couldn't go anywhere and do anything. Night and day. Uh, all the time he was dealing with death. That's all he saw. That's all he felt. Can you imagine how destructive this was on this man's mind? And then it affected himself on his body. Yet he had great power. I mean, he, he, could, he could take chains. And just shred those chains because because of the, the 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 power of this evil entity that was had completely overtaken him. Verse number three, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no not with chains. Verse four, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. So there, there's going to be storms and situations that people are going to encounter. And we're seeing them right now like never before. And their only hope is for the church to bring them Jesus. So I, 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 we've got to learn how to preach Jesus like never before. We've got to learn how to carry the presence of Jesus. The reality uh, of who Jesus is and what His desire and plan is in, in a way that people can see. Now, as Jesus, uh, you know the story, he, he, uh, he, he spoke to this legion of demons, uh, and, and this man was made free. He was, uh, he was turned from a madman to a missionary. Well, if you notice then, drop down to verse number uh, 11. The, it, says, uh, it says, now there were nigh unto the mountains... Mark it down. A great herd of swine feeding. So we see the mountains again. And, and so we know that these evil entities, these this two, at least 2,000 group of, uh, some say, of course the Roman legion was 5,000, but whatever the case might be, you, you take it for how you will. This legion of evil spirits, they didn't want to be without a host. And, and so they, they looked for something that was in another mountain. Now, why am I saying that? Because you and I this morning, we've got to recognize that the devil brings up little things in our life. And when we give them place, when we give them authority, when we give them position in our life ahead of the Lord, it is a mountain that the devil can work in. We may have victory over here. There may be a, a great power that has taken place of deliverance in our life over here. But if I haven't gave everything to Jesus over here, it's going to be an open area where the enemy can come right in. Amen? And so we've got to be very cautious. I believe this morning that the spirit of revelation is going to operate in our lives. It's going to come in our lives. And we're going to see anything in our heart that would be an open place where the enemy might be able to work in in a, a very covert way to bring hindrance and hurt. Amen? But it's not going to happen for him. It's going to happen by the victory of Jesus for us. Amen? You believe that? Alright. So, this morning, let's see some things. In closing, I want you to see Jesus has went to the exceeding high mountain. He's worked the victory 
for us. And if we will trust Him, if we'll hold on to Him, He'll work the victory not only for us, but He'll work the victory through us and the other people. And, and we're going to see that all other mountains are going to bow. But we've got to learn to do what Jesus said to do. Now, let's go back uh, to Matthew chapter 17. Now, notice uh, what Jesus said in verse number 20. Uh, Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you had faith as a grain of a mustard seed. So <clears throat> let's let's look at this just from a little different point of view, because you know we we could really muddy the water, but it boils down to what you're believing God for. If God, by the Spirit, gives you a word that you can believe Him for, let that word be your sole concentration. Let that word be your uh, sole. Uh, avenue of providence. In other words, this morning, if, if, if you're needing a healing in your life and you believe that by the stripes of Jesus you were healed, then just concentrate on Jesus being the healer of your body, of your mind, whatever it might be, and let your faith be as a mustard seed. In other words, I don't go out into my garden and plant mustard seed expecting to have a tomato harvest. This morning, if you need a certain thing in your life, let the Spirit of God speak that one seed to your life, that one word that will produce what needs to be produced. Now, what did he say? He said, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Now, did Jesus do this himself alone? You and I, we've got to work in cooperation with the Word by the Spirit, right? In other words, we say what the Spirit who uh, says to us and what He says to us is Jesus. That's the Word. And so if we will say the Word, if we'll speak the Word only, we didn't have time to get into that in Matthew chapter uh, 8. Uh, I think it's about verse 8. That's what the centurion told Jesus. Hey, speak the Word. I know if you'll speak the word, it'll happen. So if we'll hear this morning what the word of Jesus is saying and by the Spirit, and we'll speak that out, he said, nothing shall be impossible to us. Now let's close with a second witness. Go to Matthew 21. Matthew 21. This is where Jesus speaks to the fig tree, and we won't take time to read all of that. Uh, but let's just, let's just pick it up in verse 20. Matthew twenty one twenty, And the disciples saw it. They saw the fig tree and they marveled. They were in awe. They wondered, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? Verse 21. Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, uh, truly, I say unto you, if ye... Now, I want you to mark it down in your Bible. Write it on the table of your heart. Notice how many times you or ye is involved in this verse and how many times Jesus is. If ye, one, have faith and doubt not, ye, two, shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also ye, three, shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and it shall be done. Verse 22, And all things ye, four, ask in prayer, believing, ye, five, ye shall receive. And if we 
count the other, we could say even six times. So it's it's about you and I. A lot of people, they get mad at God. There's somebody under the sound of my voice this morning. They're mad at the Lord because they say, Lord, you won't do this for me. He just wants you to be a part of it. He wants me to be a part of it. Amen. Verily I say unto you, if you have faith. Now let's think about this just for a second. If you're saved this morning, raise your right hand. Now, what does Ephesians 2.8 say? For by grace, through faith, ye are. So, you couldn't be saved without grace. Saving grace comes with saving faith, right? All right, so... Say, I have faith. He dealt to me. Say, He dealt to me the measure of faith. Verily I say unto you, if you have faith, say, I've got faith, and doubt not. Now, this word doubt just means don't let anything separate you from the seed of the Word, the truth of the Word. In other words, don't think about what happened before. Don't think about what happened to so-and-so. This ain't about so-and-so. This is about you and Jesus. Verily I say to you, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do to this which was done to the fig tree, but also you shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and it might be done. It shall be done. So whatever mountain is trying to rear its ugly head in your life, Jesus has done meet that. He's done met that exceedingly high mountain. You're a mountain mover. Say, I'm a mountain mover. Now, notice in closing, verse 22. And all things. I said this in a sermon one time, and, and a, a guy, he got up against me in my face after the sermon and said, I don't believe that. Said, I've prayed that and it ain't hadn't happened and it's not true. And he got mad at me for preaching it. I said, I didn't say it. It's red letter. Jesus said it, amen. And all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. Now we got to see this word receive in closing. Lambano in the Greek, it means that you have to reach out and you have to take it. You're not taking it from God. You're taking it in the name of Jesus from the... The devil wants to keep everything that God has for us. God has everything for us. Precious promises. Amen? And so we've got to, by faith, reach out and take it. Hallelujah. Can I have just a minute to share a little illustration with you? I don't know if this is true or not. I, 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 I read this, but it, it's, it, it, it's really good. It serves this point home now. I don't, it was told to be the truth. I couldn't document it, so I don't know. But there's a story about uh, a, a church that was built in the Smoky Mountains. 
uh, there in, uh, at the foot of the Smoky Mountains. And uh, the, the, this church had been believing God for people and he'd grown from about 30 people to about 300 people and they had outgrew this church building that had been there for several years. And so they believed God for a new church building. And so <clears throat> they went out from where their church was because a, a, a church member had uh, passed on and they had gave uh, the, the, the church uh, the, the piece of property. And this piece of property, uh, uh, it... it, it, it uh, joined uh, the edge of the county there in the Smoky Mountains. I can't remember the name of the county. And uh, it had this uh, big hill behind it. And so they built the church. Well, they wanted to build the church as big as they possibly could with the, with the amount of money that they had by faith, and they did that. And so uh, they were in the process of completing everything and they were going to move everything over from the old church to the new church. And the county inspector come by and, and he said, you cannot uh, open this church because your parking lot is not big enough for the amount of uh, congregants that you're going to have. And they said, well, we got this hill here. You know, we can't build a parking lot on this hill. There's nothing we can do. And, and so they were in a, in a kind of a standstill. So the, the church called all 300 people and they said, we're going to have a prayer meeting. And we're going to pray. Uh, they used Mark chapter 11. But we're going to pray the prayer of faith and we're going to ask God to move this hill, this mountain. Well, out of the 300, 24 showed up. I'd rather have 24 than that are believing than 300 or not. And so they prayed the prayer of faith and they prayed for two hours. And at the end of two hours, they all felt that they had prayed in faith and what God would have them to do. And they said, Amen. They closed the book. And so, I'm talking about on that prayer meeting, they closed the book. And so the, the next morning, the pastor, he's he's out in the, uh, the, the parsonage of the old church. And uh, all of a sudden, he hears a knock. On the door, and this man comes up to the door, and he opens the door, and he said, uh, "I'm so and so. I'm the uh, the the foreman of Acme Construction Company, and right across in the other county, we're building a shopping center, and we need so and so much metric tons of dirt. Would you sell us your hill?" He said, "We'll move the dirt, and we'll even asphalt after we get it smooth." Get it cut down, we'll asphalt it for you. Now see, that's the kind of God that we serve. We have all have corporate needs and that we can come together and pray for. And there's brothers and sisters this morning on the sound of my voice that I know that you and I are praying for and they're going to find what they need this morning. But also, there's individual needs. And so God knows where you're at. He knows what your need is. And it doesn't matter how impossible it looks. God can do something supernatural but don't get so caught up in the supernatural that that don't get so caught up in the spectacular that you miss the supernatural. Amen. This was supernatural when this construction man come. Amen. And so God can do it any way he wants to. We're going to let him. Amen. But at the same time, we're going to we know that we've got to pray the prayer of faith. We've got to say what God would have us to say and the answer will come. Amen. Pray with me. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for the power of your word. We thank you that your word is alive and well. It's on the throne of our heart. And we ask you this morning that you take us to that place 
that place where we go through the cross and we come up through that empty tomb. And we go through hell, death, and the grave and we're on the right hand of the Father. We're seated in heavenly places with you, Lord Jesus. And you give us the words to speak. And every mountain, every unfruitful thing, every fig tree, every unfruitful thing that would be in our life that would try to destroy your will and our plan, we're going to let your word move it this morning. Now those who are right now are in utter distress emotionally and others physically, Lord, we ask that you would just move on us to speak to those mountains, to those situations where uh, people have went astray. Lord, we know that you're seeking to save that which is lost. Whatever the need is this morning, we call those needs met. We ask that you be glorified. And we thank you for what's going to happen. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. And we believe we receive. Hallelujah. Would you come and make yourself an altar or make yourself an altar at your chair, whatever you feel comfortable in. And if you need prayer, we'd love to pray with you. I put my mask up. We'll all pray. But this morning, you remember those who are not here. And you remember those who you prayed for this week who are going through trials and tribulations. There's a great spirit of fear that is trying to paralyze people and they're trying to take us back. They want 2021 to be like 2020. And I say no, don't you? In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's find a place. Jesus took care of that poor boy that needed help because the Father brought him to Jesus. Whatever the situation is this morning, let's bring it to Jesus in faith. Let's see the mountain fall. Let's see God be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.